Today on the newscast, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis joins us to lay out the way forward for America and how to defeat the so-called woke movement. That's next. Folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast and welcome to Washington, D.C. I'm here in the nation's capital covering the midterm elections for TBN. And folks, it looks like we won't see the red wave that many anticipated here in Washington, D.C. Many thought that Republicans would take both houses of Congress. Right now, it looks like Republicans will control the House by a narrow margin. But as I come to you around noon, Eastern time on Wednesday, November 9th, the Senate is very much still up in the air. So the Republicans may just have to settle uh, for the House. We shall see. There were also many pivotal governor's races across the United States last night, and one in particular stood out. That was in Florida, where Governor Ron DeSantis won re-election with just a resounding victory against his challenger, Charlie Crist won by nearly 20 percentage points. That was the largest margin of victory in Florida in decades. And he has turned Florida into a deep red state right now. I interviewed Governor DeSantis recently. It aired on our TBN special, Restoring America. You can actually watch the special, if you missed it, right here on the channel. It is in our archives, I believe, under US News, that category here on our homepage. Again, it was called Restoring America, featuring my interviews with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who also won a big victory last night, and former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, among others, folks. I believe it was a powerful show, and I'd love for you to check it out. Again, it's under US News right here on the homepage of our channel. Hey, while you're there, be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new video is posted. As I mentioned yesterday, we just passed the 500,000 subscriber milestone. Hard to believe. All glory to God and a big thanks to all of you for standing shoulder to shoulder with us as watchmen and women on the wall for such a time as this. Hey, when it comes to Governor Ron DeSantis, very pro-Israel, number one, a huge advocate for the nation of Israel. Secondly, he's doing great things in the state of Florida that I believe could serve as a blueprint for the United States nationwide. And chief among them is that strong stance he has taken against that radical woke movement in his acceptance speech last night, his victory speech. He said that, quote, Florida is the place the woke movement goes to die. So fascinating interview here with Governor DeSantis. Take a look. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Governor, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, your state is thriving. The population's growing. Businesses are moving to Florida. I have a feeling, Governor, it's for reasons far beyond the great weather. Sanity in schools, personal freedom. Talk about some of the policies that you believe are making Florida such an attractive place for more and more Americans. Well, you bring up a good point. We've always had sunshine, and we're proud of that. Uh, we also have always had lower taxes than a lot of these states. We've never had a state income tax. So those have always been things to draw people to Florida. But I think in the more since I've been governor, we've seen a really, really 
uh, sharp increase in people uh, moving, and not just the typical migrations where we'd have Midwesterners move into Naples or Northeasterners move into Palm Beach. You have people from the Pacific Northwest taking their whole family and moving to Florida. I think there's a couple things. I think one, uh, we were a ray of sunshine when it was really dark with the COVID restrictions. You know, our view was we needed to lift people up, not lock people down. Uh, we made sure to protect people's livelihoods and businesses. And we had kids in school in person in the 2020 school year when many of these other states would not. And so I think that was a big thing. The other thing is you've got a lot of uh, crime throughout the country. Uh, so basically the criminals really get the upper hand the society starts to fray because you got to have public safety. One of the main things people say when they're moving in is public safety. We have absolutely had parents move their kids to school here and move their families here because we prohibited forced uh, COVID shots on students. We said that's a parent's choice. We're not going to let schools force your kid to do that. That was a big relief for some of the parents I cut leaving out of like California. We've also worked really hard uh, to fight against ideology taking over our schools. Uh, we want to teach the basics. We did the bill that got a lot of attention with uh, Disney, the parents' rights in education. But people do not want things like gender ideology and sexuality injected into elementary school curriculums. These are six, seven, eight-year-old kids. So I think we've really been a refuge of sanity when the rest of the world has really gone mad over the last few years. Yeah, Governor, I think of the, the early days of COVID, the Biden administration, the mainstream media criticizing you because, as you said, hey, we're not doing the mask mandates. We're not doing the vaccine mandates. We are keeping the schools open. And, hey, a lot of pressure, but you stood strong. Why was that so important to you to stand strong on that issue? Well, I just followed the data. And at the end of the day, it was very clear after the first four to six weeks of COVID in 2020 that you needed to keep society going, that kids needed to be in school, and we needed to focus on helping our vulnerable population. And we did that. We did a lot of nursing homes, testing, monoclonal antibodies, you name it. And we were happy to do that. Uh, but at the end of the day, you had to keep society functioning. My job was to save the jobs of the people that I represent even at the expense of my own. And I couldn't just run for cover and try to cover my own political hide when I had people that I had to work to protect. And so I was totally willing to take the arrows because I didn't want the people of my state to have to face those arrows. And Governor, you mentioned the schools, the gender madness, critical race theory. You've taken a strong stand against that. When it comes to restoring America, why is the school issue so important? It seems to be the issue among a growing number of parents who are fed up, and you've been at the forefront of that in Florida. Well, the purpose of our school system needs to be to educate kids, not to indoctrinate kids. And my view on that is it's inappropriate to tell a six-year-old kid that they may have been born in the wrong body. It's inappropriate to tell a third grader that their gender is a choice. Gender ideology, if you want that, go to a graduate seminar at Berkeley or something like that. Don't bring it into our K through 12 schools. And so I think we've drawn a very clear line in the sand on that. And look, what are the results of what we've done? Part of it is open schools. Part of it's focusing on the basics. They just released the NAEP exam results, the only results for all 50 states on K-12 achievement. Florida ranked number three in the nation for fourth grade reading and number four in the nation for fourth grade math. If you adjust for demographics, we are number one in the nation in both. That would not be possible if we were taking our eye off the ball 
and allowing the politicization of our curriculum. And Governor, you're putting such an emphasis on American exceptionalism, teaching American history, uh, teaching civics even, so exciting things happening in Florida schools. Hey, we talk about CRT, the gender madness, all part of this so-called woke movement, this destructive ideology that is spreading. What do you believe are the ultimate goals of this movement, and why is it so important to defeat it? Well, I think if you look, it's very instructive when they do things like try to take George Washington's name off schools, take down statutes of Thomas Jefferson, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, all these people throughout our history. You say, well, why would you do that? And I think it's because uh, they want to delegitimize the founding principles of our country. They want to delegitimize our, our key institutions, starting with our Constitution. And they want our, found, our kind of organizing principles of modern society to basically be a form of leftism. And so I think they're playing for keeps. This is not a situation where we're just having normal political debate. Maybe you think taxes should be a little higher than I do. You know, maybe you think welfare programs should go in one direction. I think it should go in another. Those are kind of just normal political debates. I think we're really having debates about first principles. And I think the woke movement really represents a challenge uh, to America as originally conceived. And I just think if you look through American history, we're at our best when we live up to those founding principles and when we're honoring and respecting our Constitution. And so these are important fights, uh, but they are absolutely fundamental in nature. Yeah, you mentioned that growing crime wave really sweeping through American cities, Governor. I also think of the poorest border, the southern border. It seems we can't go about restoring America or really have a secure country if we don't have secure borders. You had a wake-up call for the citizens of Martha's Vineyard recently uh, with some illegal migrants you sent their way. How are you dealing with that issue, which is a big one? Well, I think if you look, uh, and that, that Martha's Vineyard got a lot of attention, which is fine. And, and unfortunately, this was a sanctuary jurisdiction. They advertised that. But when the migrants showed up, they kicked them off the island the next day. So they want to have open borders for you and me, but they don't want to live under the consequences of that. And I think we've seen the consequences of the border in the fentanyl crisis that we see. Mm -hmm. uh, we are much worse off than we were two years ago with the supply of fentanyl pouring in across the southern border. Uh, 18 to 45, the number one cause of death in our country right now is fentanyl overdose. That is impacting communities all across this country. You also look at the sheer number of people who have come, millions and millions illegally. We don't know who, who, who they are. There are absolutely criminal aliens in that mix. And they did do almost 98 suspected terrorists in the last fiscal year were found across the southern border. And that's just what we know of. So in terms of security, it's been an absolute uh, disaster. So I have had people down. Last year, we sent Florida law enforcement to help Texas uh, to be at the border. Uh, we have different operations in the state of Florida where we have interdicted narcotics uh, and other smuggling operations. And of course, we do have uh, the relocation uh, ability and, and program. So we're doing everything we can. And look, we just need to have the rule of law prevail. We need, a, we need a secure border. But what's been going on since Biden took office is utter chaos, and it's causing huge problems throughout our country. Governor, you seem to be laying out a common sense vision in times where common sense is not so common. Hey, you mentioned terrorism, and you were on the front lines uh, in the war on terror. You're a decorated U.S. military veteran. You are still in the U.S. Navy Reserve, so your service to this country goes far beyond politics. How did that time in the military shape your view of leadership and your vision for your state going forward? 
Well, actually, if you think about the Hurricane Ian response, uh, the, the way that we structure that, uh, we really do follow a military chain of command structure. We have, of course, I'm the head of the executive branch. We have our emergency management director is beneath me. And then we have all, we fold in all of our state agencies to report up through the EM director and then through me. And so all these agencies came together uh, to help in various ways. So for example, our Department of Transportation, we had two bridges knocked out to some of the barrier islands in Southwest Florida. The residents were being told it was gonna be six months to a year to be able to get uh, connectivity back. And they asked me for help. These weren't state roads or bridges, but I said, yeah, we'll help. So we got our Department of Transportation. We fixed one bridge in three days. Uh, we fixed the Sanibel Causeway, which had been severed in three places in two weeks. And so that is the way you, you operate, but it really goes, it starts at the top, we have a very clear chain of command structure, and all these agencies are all pushing in the same direction. And Governor, last question. You recently stood by your wife Casey's side as she, as she battled cancer. You have a beautiful young family. You've obviously got, as you just mentioned, the Hurricane Ian aftermath. You're dealing with a lot of major issues. How has your faith helped get you through these trying times and been an anchor in your life? Well, I tell people this all the time. When uh, my wife was diagnosed with, uh, with breast cancer, it was like a ton of bricks on our family, uh, very difficult situation. We discussed, hey, do we make this public? How do we go about it? Because she is a public figure at the same time. It is a private matter. So, but we decided to make sure that people knew that. So we made it public and the outpouring of prayers uh, that we received really lifted our spirits. It lifted her spirits tremendously. Uh, and people going and offering their prayers to us throughout the whole ordeal uh, has really helped sustain us. And so, look, because I saw all that, uh, I had faith that this was going to work out very well. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I couldn't tell you how or what. I just always had uh, the faith. And she's come through it beautifully. It's not something you want anyone to go through. But her view on all this is, you know, I'd rather be the one to have to go through it if it means somebody else doesn't. And uh, we're working really well with, as a family. We got a lot going on. We got a five, four, and a two-year-old, yeah. and so they put us through our paces. But but we have a very, very strong uh, bond. And she, my wife, is doing extremely well. And she really appreciates uh, all the well wishes and all the prayers that people have offered. And I go, I go out of the campaign show. People come to me. They say. We are still praying for her every day. I'm like, she's fine. They're like, no, we're going to still do it. So thank you. <laughs> we will keep praying as well, Governor. That is great to hear. What a great update. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great. We'll see you again soon. Governor Ron DeSantis, God bless. Hey, God bless you. Thanks again to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for that great interview. Folks, he is one to watch going forward, really emerging as one of the leaders of the conservative movement here in the United States. And if you want to watch the entire Restoring America program, as I mentioned at the top, remember, uh, go to U.S. News on our homepage and you can watch it there. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast from Washington, D.C. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.